Hello, welcome back to another episode of Xbox Infinite, episode number 45. We've got a pretty damn good episode this week, I think, with a pretty damn good guest. Uh, a lot's happened this week, man. A lot's happened with the ABK deal. Get straight into intros. Colt Eastwood, welcome to the show. Great to have you here, man. It's uh, it's an absolute honor to have you appear on the show. So thank you for coming through. Um, how you doing? What have you been playing? What have you been up to? Been really good, really good. I've been playing a ton of Grounded, and I've been just hanging out and enjoying the extra craziness that's been going on in the games industry. Some people aren't happy. Everyone else is having a really good time, but I'm glad to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. Jedi Knight Peter, welcome back. Another week, another Xbox Infinite. How you doing? How's things? What have you been playing? Great. Really looking forward to this. Been a fantastic week of gaming. Um, lot of salty PlayStation tears. Getting to that a little bit later. Amazing to have the one and only Colt Eastwood with us. Uh, yeah, just awesome that he um, graces with his presence. I have been playing Grounded, but um, we're kind of stuck, me and Umbra, because we kind of need the whole team to get together and so we can propel the story a little bit forward. Uh, but I jumped into a little bit of Deathloop. Well, I'm not too sure how I feel about that game. Um, mm -hmm. And I finished Immortals Phoenix Rising, finally. So, yeah, really looking forward to this. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, I'm with you on the Deathloop. It just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. I just I can't get into it. Um, I wanted to. I wanted it to have FSR 2, and it didn't have that. And, uh, yeah, a bit of a disappointment for me personally, but, I mean, a lot of people loving it, so whatever, it's all good. Umbra, how you doing? What a week. Welcome back. What have you been playing? What have you been up to? Oh, brother, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's great to be here with you guys, of course, and having Colt as our guest. Uh, appreciate you coming through, Colt. Uh, man, I've been thank playing. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, I've been playing. Uh, shout, shout out to everybody in the chat. Thank you all for coming through. Make sure you hit the like button for us, would you? And share it out. But uh, I've been playing, uh, like Pete pointed out, Grounded with him. <clears throat> I, actually, it's crazy because... I at first wrote Grounded off a little bit, like, eh, something I guess I'll like it a little bit, and I wouldn't really get into it, but I've actually really been enjoying Grounded. Like, if you play it with a team, it's it's really worthwhile. If I played it by myself, I probably wouldn't play it. But playing it with a team makes a, a great difference, especially a dedicated team, um, in my opinion. So, yeah, that, and as far as Deathloop, I do agree with you guys. I, I have to give it a bigger, better chance. But from what I played, it didn't, like, wow me. But I'll give it more of a chance. I got to, like, the third area, but I'll get back to it soon. Yeah, I don't know how it scored so highly, man. Like, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a mystery to me. I, yeah, I, I, on IGN. yeah, I don't feel... I'll tell you what's going on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I wasn't really enjoying it at first. And then I got a couple of ways in, like, a couple of, I guess, hallmarks in and i'm like oh, okay i think i can see this but there's a lot of planning that goes on um i just unlocked a power what's super early where you can uh you know how there's like that rainbow color like anomaly in the world you can you can bring that in with your hand you can like vacuum that in and then i got to the point this is so early but i've actually been dragging my feet for 10 hours in the game because i didn't understand the loop properly but you you can bring the residuum in and then you can start the day over with some of the stuff you collected on your run. If you die or if you have to go to the next morning, but in the beginning you're like bumbling around the game and I can see why people don't stick with it at first because it, 
becomes a little bit confusing, but it's got a ton of charm and I've been to some really cool places. So it's unfortunately one of those things where you have to give it some patience. And then once you understand it, it clicks, but I really don't like when games do that, but it is a brilliant game. I'm, I can't wait to get into it. So it's more like, kind of like a, incredibly uh... confusing cult as well. Uh, way too confusing for me. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like uh, Hades in a sense, right? So it's more of like a rogue, a rogue like something like that, right? So you have yeah, to, you're like, meant to figure out how to do it all in one day. What you have to essentially right. do is by following all the clues and reading all the menu uh, pop outs as you close out a day, you have to figure out where each of the seven or eight targets are and figure out where you start in what one of the four maps morning noon or night so you have to figure out okay i need to be in the complex in the morning so i can do this and this and then you need to go over to this place and do these things in the afternoon and then by the night i have to finish out and kill all the rest of the people and then that's when you beat the game and and for my little brain i don't know i'll figure it out but rand's been helping me and explaining the game because he finished it on playstation 5 and then he loaded up on xbox already knowing how the loop works and he beat the game in like 10 hours so anyway that's death loop for you but it feels good. It looks cool. I'm sick of I do like that. I do like the black exploitation really talk. People like, yeah, you know. Like, I yeah, love yeah. Colt and yeah. Juliana. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did yeah. you all yeah. see the Characters news? By really the way, good. that they're in the shared world. Did you all see that news today? Yes, yes, yes. I did. Yeah, the tell, tell the audience. Dishonored in a shared world. Yes, I did see yeah. that. Um, very interesting. I'd like to see how they connect it. But um, I'm going to jump off Deathloop and uh, swing into the first topic of the week, which is the biggest topic of the week, which has got a lot of topics within a topic within a topic. Um, <laughs> the ABK deal. Top <laughs> yeah, the ABK deal was approved uh, in Brazil. Now, it's already been approved in Saudi Arabia, but there wasn't a, a lot of hype around that. Uh, I think I heard someone saying that it's because Saudi Arabia wanted to put their foot. I think it was Hoag's Law wanted to put their foot into video gaming and they didn't really want to rock the boat. And that's why you probably saw that uh, get approved or, or not why it got approved, but more um, why people weren't super uh, enthused about it. But the fact that Brazil, uh, especially after the very public submissions that we've seen from Sony in Brazil uh, got approved, there's a bit of hype around this and it's very interesting what Brazil said. So let, let me read this out. Uh, they said quite a bit, but I'll just read a small excerpt of what Brazil had to say about the approval of the deal, which is an approval with no restrictions, um, which means they're free to go ahead and Brazil doesn't have an issue with it at all. Um, now, there's obviously a whole lot of stuff before this, but they said, furthermore, it is imp important to highlight that the central objective of Cade's activities is the protection of competition as a means of pr promoting the well-being of the Brazilian consumers and not the defense of the particular interests of a specific competitors. After all, one cannot lose sight of the fact that the holder of the legal assets protected under the law, blah, 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 is the collectivity and not the competitor economic agent as an individual entity. In this sense, although it is recognized that part of the users of PlayStation consoles from Sony could decide to migrate to Xbox in the event that the Activision Blizzard games and especially Call of Duty become exclusive to the Microsoft ecosystem, Kay does not believe that such a possibility represents in itself a risk to competition in the consoles market as a whole. Um, pretty clear. I think that's what everyone's been saying over on this side of the camp uh, from day dot. It's not, it's not affecting competition other than in a positive manner. Um, it's just bringing more competition into the market. I think Satya and Adela said they were going to end up in fifth spot. 
Uh, if they got the Activision Blizzard deal uh, approved, that just creates competition. Now, I've been saying personally, and I'll go to our guests in a minute, I've been saying personally that if they were to make uh, Call of Duty exclusive, which I really don't think that they're going to, uh, they said they haven't, they're generally very true to their word, Microsoft. They have been in every other past acquisition. Um, what they say they do, uh, which is something I love about Microsoft. I do wish that they would go exclusive. I think they need to be a little bit more aggressive with Sony and teach them a lesson, but that's just me. Um, however, <clears throat> if they did go exclusive, I think that that creates a hole in the market. And that's a hole in the market that other third-party operators and Sony itself could fill, fill with something competitive. Um, so I, I just don't understand how uh, there's, there's a side of the community that keep rattling on about how this is going to just you know, damage Sony in such irreparable ways uh, and they're never going to recover. Colt, look, did you see any of this? <laughs> did you see any of this in the, uh, in the news? And what were your thoughts on um, Brazil approving the deal? Well, Brazil told the world what everyone else with a level head and reasonable, logically thinking brain has already been thinking and wanted to say that it's not the regulator's job to protect Sony and PlayStation. It's their job to protect consumers. And that's pretty much what they said. They said it professionally by not calling out PlayStation in particular because no one's afraid of what's going to happen to Nintendo. Their um, PlayStation is afraid of what's going to happen to them. They don't want uh, to be hampered in competition. I think the very bare truth is that PlayStation is worried that they won't be the absolute juggernaut top leading gaming platform and the only go-to. They really feel like uh, that's where they should be and no one should knock them down from first place. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't come across uh, too well for Jim Ryan to be jumping over to Brussels and hopping on the nearest you know economy flight so that he can go fight for the cause of PlayStation remaining the top tier gaming platform but uh, brazil's absolutely right they need to make sure that consumers are taken care of and look at the value proposition of xbox with game pass and everything they're doing to allow gamers to have more choice and more flexibility that's what they are looking for for consumers and you can't sit there as a regulator and say but what about playstation it's really like uh we need to make sure that xbox with the way they're going that they have a healthy competition in the market because Otherwise, we're seeing PlayStation jack the prices of games and consoles while they're in number one spot, even without the competition completely snuffed out. I'm sorry I talked so long, but you asked me the question, and there it is. <laughs> no, absolutely. We want to hear your thoughts. Um, Pete, I'll jump to you as well. I'll just throw in a little bit of caveat. Xbox sort of responded to this deal. Uh, they released a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a statement, a mission statement, a website, um, where they talked about the benefits of Xbox and Activision. It's, and the benefits for players is what they stated is more games, more devices, including Xbox, PlayStation, phones, and online. Choice in how and where people buy games and with subscriptions and one-off purchases. Um, and for 95% of the gamers who play on phones, alternatives to gaming offerings from the dominant mobile platforms. Um, benefits for game creators. They go on to talk about uh, more ways to uh, create, more ways to earn money, um, greater flexibility within the industry. Um, and benefits for the gaming industry, they've basically outlined more competition, um, greater competition within the mobile sector, greater competition within, uh, with, within um, console spaces. Um, and they put a very strange one in there, but I guess it kind of makes sense to the Activision Blizzard deal. Emphasis on positive workplace culture and increased local investment. Um, so, Pete, did you, you heard about this approval? 
Uh, and some of the, the strange happenings that's been going on with Jim flying over to Brussels uh, to climb under the desk of the regulators. What did you think about <laughs> all this that's been going on this week? Well, that's a lovely way of putting it. Look, I don't begrudge Jim Ryan. He's just doing his job. He's doing everything in his power to be basically stop the deal and if not stop it at least delay it so then they can figure out you know their next move so you know look if the roles are reversed i'm sure phil spencer would be doing the same thing uh, in all honesty how good is this abk deal it's just like the never-ending podcasting uh topic <laughs> um, so i hope no one else is sick of it because i'm certainly not especially when um you know it's on the positive Xbox side. And I love to see the outrage from the Twitter community because I always get a good laugh out of that. But um, yeah, I think Holt said it perfectly. Uh, this deal is good for competition. It's good for the consumer. Uh, it is not the regulator's job to protect Sony. It's not. It's to protect the consumer. I can't see anything in this deal um, as to why it wouldn't have gone through. And I've said this for a while. Um, although I do, I don't believe it will go through until March next year. I've said that from the start and I am going to stick with it. Brazil is obviously one of the smaller markets. Um, I think Europe and the UK will take a little bit longer for their processes to go through. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. Yeah, well, we could add that into the conversation, I think. Uh, I think that the, the CMA has set down a March deadline for the resolution of, uh, of, of the deal, which is basically uh, them saying they want this closed uh, and a result um, by March next year. So for all of us, and I was one of those people that was hoping uh, the deal would close you know, in November when the FTC gets done, because they've obviously, uh, you know, November is kind of their deadline. Um, that's not going to happen. Um, that's unfortunate, but, um, you know, a March deadline, not terrible. I guess it's something to look forward to next year because we already don't have much. Uh, Umbra, what did you think of, uh, you know, Brazil? Did you think that Brazil would approve the deal? Yeah, I mean, I, I figure they would. I think quiet is kept, uh, much like Mexico. Uh, Brazil is kind of, uh, an Xbox, like, haven. And some, so to speak. So, in my mind, at least, I thought that the regulators would probably be more favorable to Microsoft. And then there was speculation and talk of, well, Microsoft bribed them and so on and so forth, or did this or did that or whatever. I personally do not care. Uh, that makes no never mind to me. Uh, I'm the greedy type, though. I've said this and I'll say it again. If Microsoft can acquire whomever, I am going to be in support of them because I am a Game Pass subscriber. At the end, of the, at the end of the day, I'm I'm never going to be against that. Uh, and people can argue, well, I mean, yeah, but this can lead to this. I'm not going by all that. I'm going by what I know benefits me in the in the uh, short term and immediate term and things that I can speak on. But no, I, I had no ish, no thought that they would rule against them. I had no thought that anybody would until I saw CMA write what they you know wrote what they wrote I, I had no thought that anyone would actually say that and when we all saw uh, cma say what they said we all thought that was that was odd it felt sony like sony wrote that right mm -hmm. 
But yeah. uh, it's, mm-hmm. it was so funny in contrast when you see <laughs> what the regulators in Brazil said. They more or less said exactly what we all have been saying, which is it's not their job to protect Sony and their, you know, their interests as far as market lead. So that was really interesting to see. Uh, um, I didn't expect them to be as blunt, I guess, or straightforward in how they messaged that, which was funny. Uh, and gave plenty of fodder uh, online for people to make fun of uh, and use in the you know the console war, which has been hilarious in this situation. But other than that, no, I had no real thought that this would not go through or be approved, rather with by them. Yeah, I really think though that the the bluntness that, that they don't have to be nice to these businesses. These businesses have to be nice to them, um, pretty they, much. And that's the way it really should be. Um, and the way that they stated it is the way that it is. Like, they're not there to protect Sony. They're not there to protect business. They're there to protect the competition, um, you know, which in a way, look, it does protect business. But you kind of mentioned something there that I wanted to go into. Like, there, there is a danger in the future of, of Microsoft cornering the market with cloud. So, Cole, do you think that, uh, that that's a possibility that Microsoft could possibly corner the market uh, with, with subscription services and and with cloud, and um, do you think that uh, there's any sort of danger from Activision Blizzard uh, of that happening? Yeah, that's actually the real threat. That's the real threat that Game Pass could become the go-to service, the the brain, the brand name of gaming a la carte. Um, basically, if people, it, it is very close to getting to the situation where if you want to play your games on a pay for a month, play as you want service. Game Pass is the name, like almost how the word PlayStation or Nintendo becomes synonymous with gaming or a gaming console, right? And this this is the situation that regulars have to be careful about because it's not about exclusivity. They're not worried about PlayStation not getting Starfield or Elder Scrolls. They don't care about that. They care about Xbox creating a unstoppable force with an unlimited funding supply with Microsoft where they can buy all these studios and put so many games in Game Pass and put the value up so high that eventually they could just set the price and say, it's 50 bucks a month. You can play whatever you want. You don't like it too bad. No one else has the offering that we have. And um, knowing Microsoft, that's not the way they're going. So I don't think that's a problem. But do keep in mind that Game Pass is what they're worried about because having these games on cloud, playing on almost any device, paying 10 to $15 a month to play almost any game, plus all the big games that Xbox is making, is going to quarter the market. And it doesn't matter because PlayStation is doing the same thing. They're building up. Those tiers are not, <laughs> those tiered services are not there so that they can say, well, we don't want the PlayStation premium is a premium service, but we don't want our big hot new games there. They're only saying that right now because they don't have enough first-party content to fill up and keep subscribers going month to month like Xbox does. Keep Now, remember that. Remember I said that. That right now, if PlayStation wanted to put Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Final Fantasy 16, and Forspoken, and all these games day and date, they know that they'll keep people for two to three months at a time, and they'll bank out because... They're going to have to wait again because PlayStation routinely... I'm on a soapbox, but give me a second. PlayStation routinely puts out bangers every year, but the fans won't tell you this. They wait six to eight months for those games. And when they do, they're well worth the wait. But that wait doesn't work on a month-to-month residual revenue stream. 
And PlayStation knows until they have bought more studios, until they've built up a studio suite like Xbox, they can't offer day and date because they their fans will flock to the service, but they don't believe, they don't have the faith that they'll stay there. Absolutely, absolutely, 110%. Great, you brought up an interesting point. Pete, I'm going to go to you and just ask, do you think that, because uh, I know you've watched a little bit of Hoag's Law and, and you kind of get into this from, from this side of things, do you think that the FTC, K, the CMA, these regulators should be looking at this deal uh, from such a narrow scope of subscription services and cloud perspective, or should it be looked upon as gaming as a whole? Look, when the deal gets initially looked at by any of these uh, sort of CMA, the FTC, or whatever they're called in um, their their corresponding country, it is looked on by people that basically know nothing about you know the deal itself, and that's why it generally goes through to you know a second phase, so then they can get people that are more familiar with the industry and, you know, if it will actually affect consumers. So that's why it was never going to go through on the initial process uh, in saying that uh, when they put these boards together, they're not just from the gaming sector, they're from a broad range of different businesses and different backgrounds. But at the end of the day, all these deals have the same job. Will this benefit consumers or will it disadvantage consumers? Um, now, what Hogue was trying to say is Microsoft uh, ha- will have a little bit of an advantage when it comes to the xCloud side of things and the subscription side of things because they've built up this Azure uh, network, which is very, very difficult to replicate and and something that Sony can't do and only a few companies in the world can actually do it. So that's where they like stand to gain a substantial advantage over their competition in saying that, but Microsoft before this deal was even put forward was allowing Sony to use uh, the Azure network for their own games. So it's not like it's a closed off thing. They're actually, you know, renting out space. And I, we don't know if Sony is going to be the only one to, to take them up on that. Um, I dare say they won't be. Uh, so look, um, it, it, it is difficult. We typically look at it from the console perspective because that's where our focus is. But if you look at it from a strictly gaming perspective and it opens up i mean pc gaming and mobile gaming are absolutely massive and some of these figures that phil spencer was quoting you know we want to reach three billion gamers and all this kind of stuff that's where all that comes from you know i mean that 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 was never going to be the figure that they were going to be able to hit from you know a console side of things so they had they cast a wide net very, very early on. That's why they're spending $70 billion. Um, as far as I can see, and I'm not an expert in this market, I can't see any ex- uh, sorry, um, Game Pass being anything but absolutely fantastic for the consumer. Uh, I mean, in terms of value, it is you know, absolutely unmatched. Now, will that change? And this is the question that these uh, these uh, CMA and FTC have to ask themselves. If 
Microsoft are the only ones that have a subscription service that has such a wide and broad, you know, uh, range. Will they up the price and will they, uh, you know, will it still be beneficial to the consumer? Um, yeah, and now Stadia well, is gone. Well, of course, you know, well, that of course, needs to be asked again. Of course, they're going to up the price. And, and Umbra, I was going to ask you as well with Pete mentioning uh, Stadia. <clears throat> Eventually, Game Game Pass is not going to stay fifteen dollars forever. It's not going to say ten dollars, whichever tier you subscribe to. Um, I think that much is fairly clear. However, the value that gets added, you know, it, it needs to meet what they're charging you. But Umbra, um, what Pete was saying about the Azure servers and cloud uh, and what it is that they're actually looking at in in, in, to, in relation to what Colt was saying, um, should Sony partner up now that uh, Stadia is shut down with Google? to really compete against uh, Microsoft in this cloud market. You think it's possible? I mean, they're, they're already partnered up with Microsoft with Azure though. Like unless they now decide to close that deal out, um, which is funny by the way, because I was on uh, the Xbox factor with Boom and we had King David there. And I was more like you, Risky, where I was like, I wish Microsoft would be like, nope, we're not honoring that deal. We're gonna go ahead and bring Ghostwire Tokyo and all this over. You know, and he was like, King David, and to my shock, was like, no, they have to honor that deal and all that. I'm like, man, I'm not honoring anything. But that's me. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. They got to buy it out is what, what he's saying. You know, they have to pay. They have to pay yeah. PlayStation out to, to keep, you know, just to keep it so. off of PlayStation at that point. Yeah, I, I would have done so if I was Microsoft, because at that point, you know, we were looking at a more of a, a bleak first party situation. So I was like, why not? Who cares? Buy them out. But, you know, he was saying... Well, well I mean, Xbox you, wasn't worried they yeah. had Starfield and Redfall coming that year, right? They weren't That's worried true. about that. And they're also like, oh, we'll play oh, nice. No. We're going to dominate PlayStation here pretty soon. We'll, yeah. have, we'll have the upper hand. Yeah. And then I, I'm sure they're thinking Not differently now because Starfield and Redfall got delayed. Uh, 2022 was looking rough first party, right? And right. so they now they're sitting in a situation where PlayStation is trying to throw them under the bus. And now I'm thinking that Sarah... Bond and Phil might be thinking differently about how they're going to cater to PlayStation. You know, Phil already said, you know, Call of Duty is going to remain on there. And then it's like, he said such a nice thing. Like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. We'll, we'll work together. We're all in this together, PlayStation. And then they turn their backs on them and they're going to the regulators. It's like, yeah. Uh, how but many you times are you going to I think when we had a discussion, we had that discussion. I think that Redfall and uh, Starfield had already been delayed too. So just to give context. So we're at that point, we were talking about what is first party looking like now, since those things are now delayed, what do we have for look to look forward to is for first party. So I think that was part of the context too. So my thinking yeah. was cancel out that, that deal with, with, uh, you know, star, not Starfield, but, uh, death loop and Ghostwire Tokyo, because at that time we hadn't heard any news, obviously about death loop. And we know Ghostwire Tokyo wouldn't be coming and won't be coming until next year to Xbox. So that was my thinking. So to hear this now and then to think that Sony might partner up with Google, which I think it might be the other way around. I think Google might just outright buy Sony at this point. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe they just dropped out of Stadia so they can just acquire Sony itself. Maybe that'll be their play. But uh, if they do partner with them, it would have made even more sense. Just, you know, hindsight 2020 in my vision to Microsoft to have gone ahead and canceled that deal with them. That's my thinking on it. But yeah, it is funny also to see that, like you pointed out, Colt, that Mike was, you know, feel always, you know, the nice little, okay, yeah, everybody, kumbaya, you know, and mm -hmm. then you have, then you have Jim Ryan running to the regulators. Oi, 
this is not fair. You have to take care of this. What are you doing? You can't get, let these yanks pull this move on me. What are you, what are you doing? Are you I, I don't know how you can begrudge him for doing his job. Oh, I'm begrudging I'm him because that, I'm more of an Xbox fan. I'm not going to yeah, be siding I, with him. I like the fact that Microsoft kept their word and kept their contractual agreements in place. Although it does look bleak for first party, I think it was the right thing to do. I think it sounds nice. I think it sounds My, nice that we could say like morally, yeah, they held their upheld their end of it. But I'm looking at this from a consumer standpoint, not from a business standpoint or some moral compass. I'm looking at it from what benefits me. I always look at it from that angle. One, one of the things we don't often talk about is when we talk about, you know, the bleak future of 2022. And I think one of the problems that we deal with as fans is that um, Microsoft and the Xbox team didn't worry about 2022. I think they step back and they're like, okay, we lost Redfall and Starfield for 2022, but they'll be next year. And we've got Plague's Tale Requiem. We got High on Life. We haven't even shown them yet. We've got, you know, like they were doing this. They were, um, they were just like thinking about, we've got all these things. We're getting these deals with Game Pass because there's been some surprise games coming this year to Game Pass or kind of shadow dropping. And I think we have a very skewed perspective of what we want because there's certain big games we want on the platform. And then the Xbox leadership looks and says, we got this game, this game, this game, this game, this game, this is coming, this is coming to Game Pass. And they think they're going to be fine. And they probably look at the financials and go, there's going to be a ton of people playing these games, but it's the optics, right? And every time something happens to PlayStation and it doesn't happen to Xbox or vice versa, that's when the fanboys get really super crazy because right now the PlayStation fans tell us y'all ain't got no AAA games in right. 2022 when their last AAA game was six or eight months ago. Um, but then they've got Ragnarok coming. So it's always about that perception and something could happen on the day and something that happened two months ago doesn't matter because um, <laughs> that's just how, how it always is. And I often wonder uh, that Xbox management sat back many times from uh, June when they decided to, to delay Starfield and Redfall. I think, think many times management at Xbox said, it's going to be fine. We've weathered the storm before. We've got this handful of games coming. We're about to announce some at the showcase this next week. And all of that went on, right? So I think uh, you have to remember that when you're looking at like what was fair when Ghostwire Tokyo and, and Deathloop. I'm totally with Jedi when he said that they kept their deal, they honored their deal. Um, and it, that, that's a good thing because people forget about it. They're like, Microsoft lies, Phil lied. Like you heard all these things about how, <laughs> how they're not keeping their word. They lied. They said they do this and then they're not doing that. And it's like, well, you know what? They kept, they're keeping the most important to you guys, you PlayStation fans, right? They're keeping the most important, uh, promises that they're going to keep, uh, call of duty on the platform. They're going to honor, let those, those games come from Bethesda from a studio they already own and blah, blah, Do you think, blah, do you blah. think Colt though, that after, uh, you know, the way that Jim Ryan's carried on the way that Sony has carried on and yeah, they just got to defend the deal. Like I think everyone totally gets that. Right. But do you think mm -hmm. that, uh, that after what Brian, Jim Ryan said about the three year, uh, deal in regards to call, uh, uh, call of duty, do you, do you think they're going to honor that now? Do you think the Microsoft will be like, all right, if you're going to throw this in our face, um, you know, we're going to do what we want with it if we get no restrictions? Well, that's a really good question because the, you, you, we can easily look at this like, hey, you know, out of spite. Do it out of spite, Phil. But <laughs> um, they, there's like two layers to this because right now Phil can 
could say, look, I'm doing this on purpose. And I would not blame Phil one bit if he was doing this on purpose. Are you ready? Uh, we, we've said this before, but he could be saying, Call of Duty is going to remain on PlayStation. That's our plan, uh, at least for the next couple of years, right? He could totally be saying, I'm saying that, but what I really mean is Warzone 1, Warzone 2. The rest of the Call of Duties, I didn't say which ones. Ha ha! Like, he could totally do that, and he could be within every right to do that. But I think the reality of it, of it is, no matter how greasy Jim Ryan gets or how underhanded PlayStation and how much everybody whines, that Xbox can sit back and it's a win-win situation, audience, where... Xbox could have exclusivity with Call of Duty forever and draw in so many people to, to Game Pass because the casuals will flock. They'll go buy a Series S. They'll go buy a Series X. They'll go build that Beast PC because they'll be on Xbox Live playing Call of Duty. Uh, but if they don't, here's the other part of the win-win. Xbox can make a literal butt ton, if that's a real word, of money off <laughs> of the PlayStation platform. They could say, you know what? We've kind of crunched the numbers. We're, we're, we're projecting it out. Who cares? We'll make a crap ton of money off of PlayStation fans by leaving that one game on their platform. And who cares? We have plenty yeah. of exclusives. We have 30 exclusives coming this generation from our studios. And we have uh, global publishing. We're going to strike deals with Game Pass as we continue to get more revenue. So, uh, yeah, we'll let Call of Duty go on PlayStation. Who cares? And guess what? We'll make 70% of our profits off there, whatever it is. And I think it's a win-win. they will. And I think that, they will. Uh, well, I don't think I don't see them ever... not keeping it going on platform. By the way, I think they will. Do you do think that. Call of Duty would ever not go on PlayStation? Do you think that Jim Ryan actually thought that? I don't think he actually did think that. I don't think. Oh, I think he did. I, I think he's think they... super worth. Why would you take off that? Take that away from that many players, especially a multiplayer centric game. I mean, it doesn't the matter. The, the old leadership was worried about Minecraft. The first thing they did when Mojang was acquired by Microsoft is PlayStation went with a, they put rose petals on their chest. They said, please, please don't take <laughs> Minecraft away from us. And, and Microsoft's like, no, no, we're going to keep it everywhere. It's already on every platform. And it's not like there's continual uh, sequels, but now they've had, got a couple extra games. But at that point, it's like, no, no, we're going to keep it there. So they are shaking in their boots because, and I did a video on this about a month ago. That I broke down the the, the metrics and the and the financials like the best way I could, uh, using you know as, as, you know educated guesses that there is a huge chunk of money that comes in every single year like clockwork that is related to Call of Duty on the PlayStation platform. They're not making their money off of God of War, Ragnarok, and the bangers. They're not making most of their money when you look at their when you look at their account of how much money is coming in. A large chunk of that comes from FIFA, Madden. Call of Duty, Fortnite, um, uh, monetization, like it's yeah. not coming from their bangers. And Herman Holt sat in front of that interview the other day and and tried to like rub like warm oil on the back of the of the PlayStation <laughs> fans. Like it's gonna be okay. We're still gonna make those cinematic single player games you love so much, even though we eat our shorts making them because not enough of you buy them. Like they don't make a large profit margin on games like Horizon Forbidden West, but they right. know they're important to the optics of the brand. And I'll give you one more shocker. I can't believe I'm talking so much. I'm so sorry, but I didn't no, cover, no, I didn't get no, to cover this in the video. Here's the other shocker is Xbox is thinking the exact same thing. So don't think I'm being biased against PlayStation. 
Phil, Matt Booty, and Sarah Bond all know that those big AAA cinematic games they're working on now are kind of like fan mail or fan piecemeal service where they're like, we know you want these and we know we need to make them because the Xbox platform needs them, but they're not where we make all our money. But hey, we're still going to do it because they're important to the industry to have these big games that shake the world and get people like emotionally invested, right? Even though they're not making a ton of money, something like Perfect Dark is an expensive, risky proposition. You're taking an old, uh, you're taking an old franchise, trying to bring it up. So you have this big cinematic game this triple a game that you can put say this is on xbox and it's kind of all for optics guys do you agree i want to hear in the chat as well do you disagree with me because i think playstation xbox do those big cinematic games mostly for fan service because the real money comes from the huge multi-plats absolutely look i i wanted to talk a little bit more about um herman holst and what he said because he didn't just uh talk about the single player games uh and the, and that they'll continue to do those he talks about quite a bit but before i do guys in the chat Absolutely. Please let Colt know uh, what your thoughts are on, uh, on, on what he was saying. And please hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share it out. We go live 8 p.m. EST every Friday. And no, Gaz, I will not be going to the PlayStation side. Um, you know, and mate, depends on how good wanted to answer God of War Ragnarok is. As well. Yeah. Um, I think that well, the the reason I think it'll stay multi-platform is because in the 360 generation, everyone associated Call of Duty with Xbox because of the marketing rights and vice versa in the PlayStation 4 generation. And I think now that Xbox has ownership, that marketing will just, it, it'll be synonymous with Xbox again. Um, and, and I think that's why I think it would have always remained on PlayStation because why destroy that part of the fan base uh and give up all that money you know i don't think it makes sense um we're hardcore gamers we know you know what games are coming out when but the casuals a lot of them don't have any idea that you can get call of duty on xbox you know because of the marketing deals and things like that so when the parents and the grandparents go pick up a console and they see their kid wants to play or the grandkid or whatever wants to play Call of Duty and it's on the box already, then they're going to pick up that game for them, that console for them. And I think that that makes a massive difference. And really, it's the casual where uh, casuals where all, all the money is. But that, that's the way I see it. Yeah, well, look, moving on from, from what you're saying, but very relatable is um, um, Herman Holst was, was talking about their single-player games, but he was also talking about... Um, uh, and, and that's very important to their optics. Hey, and you're right. The marketing deal is important to the optics. I, I look. I don't 110 percent agree that that's uh, that, uh, that that a majority of people don't know that they can get uh, Call of Duty on Xbox. I I think it's it's fairly well known that it's a multi plat. Um, but look, Herman Holst was uh, had an interview earlier on in the week um, where he was talking about these single player games and they were still like, I think Colt said, rubbing the oil on the, the back of the, the PlayStation fans. But in the same breath, he also mentioned that they would be going, uh, and when you talk about optics, Pete, you know, this is not great optics. And I think I've been saying this from day one. I know Colt's been saying it from day one. I think Pete and Umbro, we've all been saying, um, and Pete a little bit less though, we can go back and forth on this one, um, that they're going to be going day and date to PC with their games as a service games. They've oh, got 20, yeah. they've got 25 so, games in production right now. Um, and they are talking 12 games as a service games. 
Now, he did say it was that, that you know, his games as a service games are going to go day one. And he said that there would always be a buffer between their single play experiences and, and PC of about, around about, he said six months to a year. I personally think this is step one, right? They're just, they're just lightly pushing it out there. Hey, these are games as a service games. These are not our big tent poles that you, you've, you've come to know and love. Um, we'd never, we'd never put those on PC day, day, you know, day and day. Oh no, no. But they also said never. They also said back in the day that they would never put games on PC day and day. Now they're saying they are. Um, you, so look, and this is the thing. Once they start to see the money that comes in from these games as a service games, you know, the, and what they can make, uh, they're, they're definitely going to go. Look, my personal opinion, and I still hold to this, is that we will see Wolverine if it launches in 2025 go day and date to PC. You're talking about millions and millions of dollars that they're losing by not going day and day. I, I have a lot to say on that one. I really do. Um, I, I don't make videos on this cause I don't like making videos about how PlayStation, you know, flounders on, on their messaging and their marketing. Uh, I really don't like making content like that because <laughs> I like to talk about stuff I'm excited about, but Herman's saying that don't worry, you're going to keep our games. We're going to sell them on PlayStation first. And then when they've had a little bit of time, we'll sell them on PC. I think he's saying a couple things there. Mm -hmm. Uh, one thing is he's saying, we want to make sure that you feel special as a console owner which is uh, dumb i think but the other thing he's saying is he doesn't want to admit this but what they really mean is we want to sell as much because he does say we want to sell as much as we can on console we want to sell and make as much money on the playstation 4 and 5 as we can and then when our team is ready to get the pc version ready because we're not big enough yet to put our games on pc day and date and we can't ask our teams to do that yet and nixus is going to be really busy we can turn around and sell it on PC. Well, of course, if you sold the games on PC and console day and date, they would sell their bangers to millions. So if, um, what would be the next big game? Uh, let's say you, you said Wolverine two, which I, I don't think that's going to be on PC day and date yet. Might be too early, but you, you could be close in 2025. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they sell their game on PC and console at the same time, Herman Holtz is kind of lying because when you offered on Steam and Epic Game Store and PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 or just PlayStation 5, you have the opportunity to sell not just 8 million copies in the first year. You have the opportunity to sell 15 million or 16 million copies in the first year because you're offering it to more of your ecosystem. Herman Holtz is saying, we don't want to throw it on PC right away and only take a 70% cut or 80% cut from Steam and Epic Game Store. We want to sell it at full profit margin on, on console as much as we can. And then when no one else wants to buy it on PlayStation, which no one else will want to after you, after you get that 20 to 25% of the user base, then we'll throw it on PC and grab another 8 million people. And I, and when he said that in the interview, I was like, I was sitting there thinking, Herman, how can you say that? You're basically admitting we want to make as much money off as many people and double dip them. And we want to get that profit margin, but that is business. He has every right to have that, to do that. But I'm just saying, why don't you just make all the money while the game is hot? When the game is brand new and Wolverine is just coming out, sell it to everybody when it is a hot ticket item. Yeah, but that's what I is think the they point know of that, selling Tom. Horizon. I think they know that? that. I think I think they know that that's like I mean, as a business, they would know they're losing money by not going day and date. 
but they also can't alienate their fan base because obviously we know that the hardcore fan base bleeds out. They don't and- need to. Their, their, their hardcore fan base that would get mad about being on PC is only 20% of the 100 million people they're selling their games to on a console. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you're, if you're, if your target right now, even though there are not a hundred million PS fives, the target right now is really a wide net of a hundred million people that on PlayStation. And, and then if they go to, if they go to PS4, they can reach that. We they can reach more people. Right. Mm-hmm. But eventually the PlayStation five is going to sell a hundred million units. And so your target audience is everyone from that 100 million but they know that a game like wolverine as amazing as it's going to be because it will be it's really only going to reach 25 to 30 million at the most on playstation because that's just the, those games are great and that's real that's a huge amount but when you throw in pc you sell so many more copies the thing with xbox is they're a smaller they're a, a smaller platform they're not as popular as playstation or nintendo so their exclusive sell five to 10 million on average. So they have a lower number. So when they go into PC, they can hit that number a lot easier, but they're growing bigger and bigger. PlayStation is squandering this. And uh, I don't, I'm not thoroughly convinced if they're doing it to make their diehard PlayStation fanboy base uh, satiated or, or do do you think it's more 20% cold? Do you think it's really 20%? I know it's 20%. And for a decade, on my channel, I've been crunching the numbers. I've looked at the overall sales of PlayStation and Xbox games versus how many consoles have been sold. And it's always been under 20%. Under 20%. Yeah. You know, there is an exception. Like Spider-Man, Marvel's, Marvel Spider-Man has actually broken that. I think it is close to uh, 30 or 40% or something. It might not be that high, but that's an anomaly. Even God of War isn't quite that high. Uh, Spider-Man's huge. Yeah. But if you look at all of their other games, because uh, a ton of PlayStation or Xbox's biggest exclusives are in like the 2 million to 4 million mark, because to pass 5 or 10 million is a tall order when you're on a console exclusive. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. I think they're doing it to double tip cult, to be honest. Um, and so they can sell it and then they can sell it again on pc and have kind of a second launch and all that making their playstation console owners feel special it's just mob um marketing gobbledygook uh, do, you, do you think uh, pete, that, that's the way i see do it. you think pete that's um that that they sell more by doing it that way or do you think that they'd sell more by doing a massive launch across both platforms that is an incredibly difficult question to answer because i don't at think the it is moment, yeah, you don't think it is. I think at the moment we didn't. The, the people didn't know that these big games were ever going to come onto PC. Now that they know, now that they know Sony is doing it, how many people will actually hold out? People like Zorka, for example, who Here, would prefer to play on his PC. Okay, uh, hold on, hold on, on the PlayStation. It, here's okay. here's here's the thing. The only thing that the only downside of going day and day on PC is worrying about selling more PlayStation fives. Okay. That's it. Here's yep. the funniest part. And I think PlayStation is worried about slowing down the sales of PlayStation fives. Cause I think they're making a good money on the hardware. Um, here's the thing. Xbox. You don't need an Xbox console at all for the past six years. N- n- not at all. Unless you want to play crossfire X. That's the only actual exclusive that came out and that game sucks. But, uh, <laughs> here's the situation. Xbox. 
Xbox is like one or two million units behind PlayStation in, in North America. Uh, they're like, I think they're 5 million units behind the PlayStation 5 worldwide. Something like that. If you believe the numbers that are being reported, remember guys, and you should put it, you should put a, a poll in the chat. I'll, I'll give you the poll in a second, but remember guys, you don't need an Xbox at all to play their big bangers uh, because you can play them all on PC. You can play them on cloud devices or any other screens. And the Xbox console is soaring next to the PS five. So don't tell me that they can't sell on PC day and date. And I want you to put this poll up, uh, risk it. If, if, if you want to, it's your show and hit the like <laughs> button. If you're having a good time, uh, we got 70, pe 70 people watching and we are having a good, I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm loving this the is energy, such a good Cole. conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm Here's loving the poll. The <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm drinking this little Mountain Dew here and I'm just hyped yeah. up because I wanted to be on the show for a while because you guys, I love chat with you guys on Xbox Live and we've been having fun Absolutely. and you guys are good friends. But anyway, here's the poll. If PlayStation put their bangers on PC day and date, would they sell more that year or would they sell more over time? Because, and I like my argument is think about this. If the game is available on PC and console on PlayStation the day and date, it can grow just like the game will grow anyway on both platforms when they eventually get on there. It'll just, you're able to offer it to everybody the whole time. Like, I guess, unless you really think double dipping is a massive part of the market of sold games. So, Risk It, if you want, put up a poll and say, do you think if PlayStation games were day and date on PC, they would sell more than if they waited? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Holy <laughs> the only thing I can say that that might go toward the double dipping thing, like Pete pointed out, is if you look at something like I guess a Sea of Thieves, where but I guess that's that's a lot of factors into that because it was so bare bones when it came out, and now that it's yeah, more full, yeah. and it's you know, it's on PC and Steam and such, it's selling all the time. It's in the like top ten, which shocked the hell out of me when I saw that. I'm like, what? So maybe that's the right. only thing I can think. But I do. Well, I mean, that's the problem where they put the game out when it's not finished, and the community makes right. it makes it better. Yeah, which I've always said, Sea of Thieves should have come out in 2019 or mm -hmm. 2020. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. look at great, and and now look at the game as uh, what they should have done is more of a grounded model. I think grounded uh, has done it perfectly. Uh, they have stuck their landing, um, and they've I stuck agree. their landing basically because they went, um, you know, they went into that early access, you know, beta type alpha type, you know, help us build our game. I love how they involve the community with Grounded. Grounded is an amazing game. You guys, if you haven't played Grounded, I had the footage up last week. Um, it, it's an amazing game. Get in there and try it out. We're going to get back to that. But I'm just going to move on to something you guys mentioned, God of War. And look, I have to take an L, but it's a semi-L. Uh, and I don't mind doing that publicly. If you know me, I will say things uh, that I believe are true or, or have an opinion. Um, but I'll take the L publicly. I, I really don't care. Um, there's nothing wrong with being wrong. Now, look, earlier in the week, I put a tweet up that said, God of War Ragnarok hasn't gone gold. Nothing has shipped to the brick and mortar stores. All of this is true. I did a bit of research on this. Um, uh, and someone advised me to wait a couple of days, but you know, I probably should have, but whatever, I didn't. <laughs> said, no state of play. I said, this feels like a delay. PlayStation announced gold six weeks out for The Last of Us uh, remake. God of War four weeks out after a very troubled development cycle. Uh, I said, we are four days and four weeks out and nothing. Delay. Now, I was asking the question, I wasn't stating that there was going to be a delay, um, but it did seem very suspect. But overnight, whilst I was trying to sleep, uh, then my phone started going off, uh, God of War has gone gold. You kind of raised a pertinent point um, about these, these games that release a little bit broken. I think that uh, 
Do, do you think, guys, that they, they're kind of rushing this a little bit? Do you think they might be pushing to make the date? Because, I mean, we know they're crunching. That's at 110%. Every game has crunch. I don't care what they say. Um, they are crunching. It's what happens. Um, but do you think they might be pushing this? Do you think we might see a little bit of a rocky launch like we did with Horizon Forbidden West? And PlayStation are known for launching games completely polished, nailing them, sticking the landing. But with Horizon Forbidden West, they didn't. Um, that game was delayed. And they pushed, I think, that date, and maybe they jumped too early. And if you know me, you actually should know that God of War was my game of last generation, mainly because of its story. Um, it really, it's very rare that a story kind of touches me on the inside. Um, but like that story was very touching. Uh, it was it was very close to home for me, um, and and I really loved it. And I just can't wait for this. So I hope that I'm wrong um, that they're pushing it, and maybe it's a little bit early. Um, but it, it's possible. Umbra, do you think that maybe they're going a little bit uh, too hard, too, too, too quick, too soon? Do you think it'll launch fully polished, fully ready? Or do you think we might see a little bit of a Horizon Forbidden West launch? I think Sony Santa Monica have set a great precedent on just being a really quality studio. So I don't think it'll have those issues. But I will say, uh, in in conjunction with you pointing out that they, they went gold so late, it seems, compared to normal like when we normally see that and people when they announce they're going gold and then seeing nine or was it eight or nine i think eight different studios that worked on it which is not that's obviously normal it was just kind of surprising to see um maybe there could be an issue or two uh i think every game is going to always it's always going to be some bug or something in every game no matter what you do uh but i don't know if it'll be to the degree that is a detriment to uh, us as gamers so we'll have to see but uh, it is it is interesting, uh, and I, I'll give you your credit for you taking a semi-ill on that. Um, and I, you didn't go all gung-ho, so it's not like anybody could trash you for that. You just had a thought. I, I don't think there's anything unfair or wrong with that. But, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think we'll it's, it's to be seen. I don't think that they will just because I have a – I think I have trust in that pedigree of that studio. So I, I don't think they'll falter in, in any significant way. It might be some slight issues, but – I think they know how to delegate properly and with those it is like I said, it is a lot of studios on it, but it is the norm nowadays. It happens with it happened with Halo, it happened with uh, you know, The Last of Us, it happened with any of these super mega triple A games, the you know, Red Dead Redemptions and such, so on and so forth. Which by the way, I would put as the game of gen of the generation over God of War. I would also put The Witcher Three over it. But I, I do agree with you on how great it is. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't think it'll have any significant issues. I think they're confident in it, and uh, we'll see. I'll just say that. I don't think it'll be anything bad, though. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Look, I, I love The Witcher, man, but uh, it just didn't have anything to match God of War's story, in my personal opinion. Subjective opinions, but you are wrong. Uh, Jedi Knight. You are wrong. <laughs> Jedi Knight. You are so wrong. Uh, yeah, look, um, I don't know. I hope not. I hope God of War Ragnarok launches perfectly. I think that IP deserves uh, to launch perfectly. Uh, and Sony are, you know, synonymous with launching their games, you know, in a really, really good condition. And, you know, kudos to them because they do a great job with that. Uh, so, yeah, look, I hope that they don't. In saying that, they needed something to come out at the end of the year. They need something to get those Christmas sales up. And this is the last time that they're going to have that advantage over Xbox. Um, you know, from next year on, Xbox is going to be dropping 
game after game after game, and they're not only going to be dropping, they're going to be coming into Game Pass, you know, free with the subscription. So I think they needed to, in saying that, I, tr- I fully trust Sony Santa Monica to launch a fully fleshed out um, game that runs flawlessly on day one. Gorilla Games or is a Gorilla Studios is a great studio, you know, they really are, no doubt, but they're not of the pedigree of Sony Santa Monica yet. Um, I believe they can be, but they're not quite there yet. So um, I think the game's going to launch and it's going to be great. Colt, do you think uh, we're going to see, you know, maybe the first, one of the first uh, slightly unpolished games from Santa Monica we've ever seen? Nope. No, no, I think they're ready. Like, like I, I just would double on uh, what everybody else said, that they're going to have a quality game. And they were just waiting until everything was ready to go and announced they were ready to go gold. Maybe things just take a little bit longer to be ready by now. But uh, I know you were worried about the brick and mortar and the and the shipping across the the planet and everything. But um, sounds like everything's ready to rock. Yeah, well, and, hopefully- uh, I don't I don't expect it to have any problems. No, well, look, I, I hope, I absolutely hope that everyone's right. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know now. I'm sort of unsure. I want to see a state of play. I've got my pre-order ready to go, and you will just see me disappear into the ether for at least uh, a week, maybe two weeks, while I play through that game, uh, I Love God of War. So hopefully uh, it is as good as the launch of 2018. Guys, I've got to move on to the next topic, but uh, please hit that like button, hit that share button. Gaz, I hope you're still in the chat because we had a conversation about this whilst I was in the chat on Colts XNC. And if you guys haven't been to Colts XNC, I imagine that you have. But if you haven't, get over there. Um, it's our Tuesday. I believe it's his Monday, uh, American Mondays. Um, and check that out. It is yep, one yep. of the most amazing shows uh, when it comes to podcasting that you will ever see. Certain affinity. Now, we wanted to talk about Halo. I mean, we wouldn't be Xbox Infinite if we didn't. So we have to, right? Um, and I want to. Uh, there was a few bit of a conversation about um, how long it would take. And listen, if you know me, you know that I'm getting really tired of people saying um, to just let Infinite go and move on to a new Halo game. Don't do that. Like, we have waited this long. All that game needs is content. If the game was broken or there was something drastically wrong with it fundamentally, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. I can see that. Move on. There is The game is not fundamentally broken. It is a good game with good bones. It just lacks content. And if you're making a new game, all you are doing is taking people off that game and putting them onto the new one. And what's going to happen is you're going to be waiting longer for content. Like, that's absolutely nuts. I cannot understand how people don't see this. However, I wanted to make sure I had my facts right. And unfortunately, I got, um, I I asked a few developers um, what, what their thoughts were on it. Um, I didn't get answers from all because a lot of these guys, they can't comment on on what's going on um, with what they know and who they know. But I did get a response back from one guy. Now, my contention is this game, a new game going to Unreal with the shift would take um, anywhere from five to six years. Now, I very much had that confirmed, but it's quite subjective. Um, I'm not going to read this word for word because it is quite a long text, but he was very explanatory. Basically, what he said is, if the slip space is C sharp, which is C hash if you're reading it, but it's C sharp, right? It's in the C universe. It's in that language, right? And then if you're talking about Unreal 5, that's C++. Okay, so think about it like this. You're in Spain. They all speak Spanish. But you go to the top of the country, they speak Catalan. You go to the bottom of the country and they speak Valencian, right? Different dialects. Nice. 
different Look at you. Different dialects, same language, right? So it's transferable, but not every He's word man. not every word fits into that dialect, right? Um, so you have to think of it like that. And there's got to be hiccups and, and bumps in the road. So there's a lot of things that are not transferable, a lot of things that are, and a lot of things that are in the middle. So UI is not transferable. You can't do that. It can't be done. They would have to rebuild that from scratch. A lot of the animations can be brought over. Um, however, it can be a little bit painful because not everything is transferable within animation. So sometimes they would have to scrap animations and rebuild an entire animation. Okay, so from everything that I've got told, um, and again, I, I, there's a lot of information that he gave out, and I, I really thank him for, for, for reaching out and responding to me, and, and he knows who he is. I won't call him out on the show. Um, but uh, look, you're looking at a year, maybe nine months positively, but a year. Um, so then you look at how long development has taken in this later generation, and that's roughly four to five years. Really good studios are knocking games out in three. It's a rarity. Um, and it's even rarer that those games are good. So you're looking at four to five years. So with that extra year of development to move the game over to UE5, it's a year, right? Tack that onto your development time. That's five to six years you are going to be waiting for a new game. You, we don't need a new game. Now, another interesting bit of information, and then I'm going to move to the panel and our guest. You can, and they have, they've done this with Warzone. Um, and Modern Warfare, different engines, but similar concept. You can bolt on a mode from uh, to the UI. So look, you could make a Battle Royale, for instance, say Certain Affinity is making a Battle Royale, they switch to UE5. They can bolt that on to slip space to the game itself. All you need to do is have that outside the menu, for instance. I don't know if you guys have played Warzone. If you have, you'll notice that when you go into a Call of Duty game, there's three menus that you can dip into. Um, they are not within themselves. They are bolted together. And you can do that with UE5 onto Slipspace. Um, so listen, my thoughts on this is I really don't think that they are, I mean, they're always making a new game. I really don't think that they are shifting to a new game. I hope they're not. I've had a lot of in-depth conversations with people about this. Pete, I'm going to go to you because you're one of the people that keeps saying, you know, a new game wouldn't be a bad thing. My contention is a new game would be a very bad thing. Um, it's going to hurt Halo Infinite, and I don't want Halo Infinite to hurt any more than it already has. It's a great mm -hmm. game. Pete, what do you think? Do you think that we should get a new game? And I've got my finger over the mute button. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I do think that it's time to move on from Halo Infinite, <laughs> unfortunately, and I know you disagree with me, mate, and I completely understand because Infinite feels like a great game you know we haven't even gotten to experience it in co-op properly we've only gone through the beta and the multiplayer when it's working oh wow it does it just feels beautiful it's poetry in motion and it's what halo is meant to feel like and i thought look, look my main problem with moving over to a brand new game would be uh, and moving over to unreal would be you would lose that feel that soul that essence of halo which is why they stayed with blam which is why they updated slip space uh but i was speaking to boba and he says that you can transfer all that stuff through havoc the havoc engine which microsoft own and so then you can put it into unreal engine 5 and then get all the benefits of Unreal Engine 5. 
Uh, I was speaking to one bad mother yesterday, and there is a massive depletion in the in, in the resources of people of developers out there. And uh, let's face it, not many developers know the the slip space engine. So when you get them there, you're gonna have to teach them that engine. It's gonna take them a while to get up to speed. Um, and it, look, it, there's a problem already with lack of content through maps and modes. All that goes away if you move over to Unreal Engine Five. That engine is you know, not the for six most years. It doesn't out there. Not for yes, six years. Look, if it ta- if it takes that long, it takes that long. But at the end of the day, we're going to get a better looking game that's so- going to get made quicker. We're going to get faster modes, faster maps, and then you can have this ten year plan. That so, you so let me ask on. you this. Let me ask you a question here, because I mean, we've gone back and forth on this in Xbox parties, and I assume that we'll probably continue to go back and forth on this because you are stubborn, and so am I. Um, I'm stubborn. That's hilarious. <laughs> Listen, let me ask you this, right? You are willing to wait longer to wait longer. Is that what you say? Yes. If, if the end product ends up being the Halo game that we have always wanted, Infinite is so close. It's so almost there. I mean, when I played that campaign for the first time, I was in awe of it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. The multiplayer, it just felt so good. The addition of the grapple, you know, the guns, they, they, they play great. I uh, you know, the art style that they went for, all that kind of stuff. I think the story could have been done a lot better. And, you know, I still have my problems with what they did with Cortana. But that aside, I think that it felt great. Going back and playing it yesterday with One Bad Mother, we were we were just angry at the game. We so want to be enjoying it. But uh, I see, and I have always put down my problems to the ping. One, one bad mother was explaining to me that it's not actually the ping that's causing the problems. It's the net code. The net code is, it's broken and it's only gotten worse since launch. So we are hiding behind a wall and we're still getting shot. You know, shots that should be registering aren't registering. There is a fundament. it is fundamentally broken. And on top of that, you add the fact that they haven't e- even added ray tracing or any of these, you know, um, additions that should be in the biggest IP that you have. And, and they probably I, I, won't ever. They probably won't exactly, ever add ray tracing. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that Halo deserves better. And if that takes a longer time, then so be it. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, look- really well said. I feel the same way. Really? Well, look, let's get your uh, your thoughts on it. Um, I I I agree with Riskit and uh, and Peter as far as how amazing Infinite is. I gave it a really good score. The I gave the um, I gave it like a ninety five for the campaign. I love the campaign. Um, and I don't play much of the multiplayer, but um, it's got good bones, really good bones. But I'm okay with them ditching, uh, you know, closing it up. Finishing it out, finish the the winter season, continue to support what's there while we wait for the next big thing. And maybe everyone will mig- migrate to certain affinities, big battle royale mode, hearing that that's a bare bones battle royale instead of being what I think should be like, almost try to just do the, the huge scale that Fortnite does. So much as that makes people mad, but Halo deserves it. Halo deserves all the love, care, and attention and complete support that it should get. And if that means certain affinity becomes a major part of Halo for the for the rest of the future, I think that'd be great. 
but I would, I'm totally good about this idea that they close up what they have and support it while they build Halo 7 or Halo the Endless, which would be a whole new campaign in Unreal Engine 5. But I'm also hearing, contrary to what Riskit was talking about, I'm hearing that the animations can come over, that they're already built, and they can be placed into Unreal Engine and worked into the system. So whatever they're doing, they must have sat back and thought, hey, let's go to Unreal Engine, which we're working way too hard to get Slipspace to do what we want, and we're wasting time, energy, and resources. And I think whatever it puts us down to go to unreal engine five is uh less than what we're doing now fighting against slip space engine so uh in fact i got a, a very special guest coming to my show on monday to talk all about these leaks and rumors and the future of halo so mm-hmm. yeah i'm kind of with the peter on this one uh i would like to see them do something big and better because halo freaking deserves the best treatment and even if it means closing up and starting fresh with something bigger than better than uh than we'd hoped yeah look i'm I'm definitely not i'm still going to stay on that fence of i i think that they should support what they've put out what they've put out is great it's not i disagree um i don't think fun bad mother meant that he said this net code issues it's not it's not fundamentally broken um i that that word is that that phrase is used too often. That's me. Um, no, no, that, that's me that said that. He didn't say that. He believes that it can still be fixed. However, there's just such a shortage of uh, software engineers out there that it's just incredibly difficult to get anything done at the moment, especially on that engine. Yeah, he look, doesn't absolutely. And we also know that their lead um, engine dev left as well, um, and that doesn't help things, and they're probably struggling with staffing. And look, that's absolutely true. We know about the contractors um, and Microsoft's position on on holding contractors for anywhere over ten months due to you know the Washington re- um, you know, regulations, and they think we know I all that. Thought you were about to say the Washington Redskins. I swear, <laughs> I thought you were. <laughs> we 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 know all this. Um, and Colt, just a, ca- a caveat, I'll add. Like, yeah. Th- so what he was saying about the animations is they can be ported in, um, but there's going to be bumps in the road because some parts of animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some parts of animations will cause problems, and so they'll have to strip that animation and start from scratch. Not all, um, and not a lot, but he just basically said it's not as easy as um, when it comes to you know porting. It's not as easy as going, hey, we're just going to take this code and put it in here, and it'll work just like it should. Um, right. Yeah. I, I know nothing about how that works, too. Yeah, and I totally get what you're saying, because I agree with you that it, you can't just say file save as, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, one of the one of the concerns that you that you brought up when you when you started this conversation, Risk, it was that that feel in the DNA of Halo. And if um, and if they're saying it will, uh, you know, you'll be able to bring in the animations, which means, you know, once you've tweaked and set everything up to be translatable in the in the design language in UE5 the feel of Halo will still be intact. Like that's the, the nuances that we come to expect, even from just Halo Infinite can't be, can't be stripped out or compromised. Right. Mm-hmm. So they must well, have decided, Hey, though. yeah, that's the thing because they themselves came out and said it, it would challenge the feel. That's the problem. They themselves, three, four, three came out and said that they said that moving it to unreal engine five or unreal engine, Beth basically would, change the feel of halo wouldn't feel like halo right so look said. let me just add umbra to that um that that was an issue with halo 4 uh not halo 4 um with unreal 4 which they've since fixed i was speaking to him about that um and he said yeah it probably wasn't possible to get the feel right with halo uh, unreal 4 um but it is with unreal 5 because there's a scope i can't remember what what issue he said it was 
but there was an issue with four, and they have fixed that going into five. So it's very likely with. And remember, five. Unreal. Yeah, and I, I I support that as well because Unreal Five, uh, Unreal wants Epic wants that engine. They want everyone to use it. They they don't you know they don't want them using Unity or whatever. So that translatable feel, like developers have to feel like, hey, can we do can we make our vision happen? Unreal Unreal Engine Five, and Epic's like, of course you can. Come to Unreal Engine. Said it, you know, <laughs> come to us. We'll take care of you. And they got all the and you're looking at the most robust and best supported tool set. Uh, that as far as what we know about de uh, developing games, right? We've know we've heard that it's the biggest and it's the most robust and it's the easiest to use and and it's got the best support and um, that's what Epic wants. And if if a big game like Halo can come into Unreal Five, like Risk it says, and still feel the you know not lose that feeling because that's got to be question number one, right? And if they're if Unreal's telling them, yeah, you want the the heel the feeling of Halo will remain intact. Come to Unreal Engine. We, we are dental. <laughs> Come to the dark side. You know the thing they is, maybe they made that, that maybe they made the that coalition. statement. Maybe they made that statement about it not having that feel because they wanted to stay dedicated at the time to slip space. Mm -hmm. But I think like oh, after yeah, them losing, so maybe that was just a, a statement to try to install like faith into that at the time. But I think now that a bit of that and by the way just to point out this to let the cat out the bag i'm the special guest that colt was hinting at uh monday so i will see you guys there i'm joking but uh <laughs> as far as <laughs> but just to say maybe that was just pr a bit of pr and i think or maybe they didn't know that unreal can do what it can do so that could have been a case that yeah, yeah no it could that's knowledge that's the thing it couldn't do it uh unreal 4 couldn't do it we don't know they, no, 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 I do. I, no, I do. I spoke to the one of the developers and he's like, yeah, they couldn't do it with Halo 4. Absolutely. What they were saying was true. And he's saying, with oh, Unreal, what, you say Halo 4 or uh, Halo uh, Unreal, Unreal 5. So Unreal 4. So Unreal 4 couldn't oh, do okay, it. Okay. They couldn't do it with that engine. It wasn't working. Um, and, no, but I'm not talking about Unreal Engine 4. I'm talking yeah, about Unreal Engine no, 5. No, so, but when so they I'm came saying, out saying that, that this, yeah, but when they came out saying that, they were using, they were trying with Unreal Engine 4. Oh, okay, I got yeah. you, I got you. So now yeah, five's they out. Did, they, they did originally start with Unreal, you're right. So, yeah, okay, I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, so my, I think maybe, so maybe that's that's what it is then. So they came out thinking, okay, well, we can't do this with Unreal Engine 4. Maybe 5 now opened that up for them, so maybe they're changing it. I, I do, I will say this, I agree with Risk It where, I don't think they can just scrap Halo Infinite the way that, like that. And they would have to be the case that they'll have to keep their promise. I think they put too much of an investment into mm -hmm. Halo Infinite, by the way, and that they're still making money hand over fist to just simply close it out. What they'll probably, what makes the most sense to me, uh, Colt, because like you and all of us here, and we're going to get into co-op on it as, as when it uh, releases as well, me, Pete, and, and, and uh, Risk. Uh, and we loved it from the preview we played of it. Oh, I'm still uh, not beta. out. It's not out, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately. But <clears throat> the campaign, I loved it too. I gave it a nine, I believe. Uh, the multiplayer is solid. We still love it. We still play Halo Community Nights, but it's just lacking content. So what I think the case is going to be is they're going to work on a content overhaul. We got next month, we got co-op and Forge releasing. I don't think you do that. I don't think you continue pushing for that if you're going to just abandon Infinite and move on to the next project. What I think is what makes sense to me, and as I, I said this, I believe on the last show or something like that, is I think they will leave the campaign uh, in the, a slip space and maybe convert multiplayer to hey, Unreal Engine 5. Or they'll do the multiplayer first in Unreal Engine 5 and later transition 
the campaign to Unreal Engine 5. Mm-hmm. That would be a major undertaking, but I believe that personally it would make more sense to do multiplayer first at least because that's where the money is at in, in my opinion. I just I don't think they'll abandon Halo Infinite itself to move on into another project in my opinion. Look, I hope you're right. Um, and here's a caveat as well, because we, we talked at length and I do talk at length about this, um, obviously, because I'm passionate about it, but I'll say this. If they are going to do um, a Halo 7, what they need to do is announce that and tell everyone, hey, this is what we're doing. Um, and this is why our content's going to end up being sparse. Um, they need to continue to support Infinite um, in any way that they can. Um, and then, yeah, look, they, then they need to start just basically rolling it back, I think, um, and letting people know what, what they're doing because it's got to be a massive L. If they turn to Unreal 5 and they, and they go to a new game, to me, that's a huge, a huge loss. And, and I'm not talking about in the community what the fanboys will say. I don't care about that. I'm talking about to them monetarily, um, optics-wise as well. It doesn't look good for the company. Um, and it doesn't look good for what I think people think of their first party, their tentpole titles. Um, so if they're going to do that, they need to tell us that that's what they're doing. Um, yeah. And then, and, and then just do it, stop messing about. Um, but look, we'll move on to the next topic. It does make me a little bit sad that most of the community want a new Halo game. I don't, I want this Halo game to be good, but that's just me. Uh, and I completely understand where you guys are coming from. You've all made amazing points. Um, and before, why do they need to tell the community? They why? If, why? Yeah, why? Why? Do you yeah, think why? the content's going to get uh, more robust if they start working on a new Halo game, or do you think it's going to get more sparse? Well, if they get everything fixed and Forge gets out there, then I don't think they need a very big team to be putting out maps. And there's more than enough people working at 343 to do both. Actually, that was um, that was actually going to be my other point, which I completely forgot while I was midway through talking, because just the sadness is coming through. I don't want to lose Halo Infinite. No. Uh, <laughs> is, look, you won't. You won't lose. I don't think so. That's the other thing that they need to that. do, is they need to start giving the creators of these maps. Some of these guys are absolutely amazing, these guys that work outside of 343. Um, and when I, I call it work, it's their hobby. They make maps for Forge and they make some of the best maps that we've seen in uh, Halo 5. They make amazing maps and they do amazing things with the tools that the that 343 have given to them. What they need to do is monetize those guys in some way, either pay them directly or, or monetize their maps. Or it, It's a very slippery slope monetizing maps. If you do that and people buy maps and other people don't have them, you know they don't get used or whatever. So whatever they can come up with, though, to, to, to monetize these guys whilst they work on a new game, um, that would be a smart move. But Pete, yeah, they need to tell the community what they're doing. Um, I, I think if you hide that from the community, it's that's not cool, man. I want to know what you're doing with my damn game. <laughs> not my game, it's everyone's game, but it's 343's game. But I just, I, if they're going to make a new Halo game, I feel like it would be a little bit of a betrayal um, to what they've told us. And they've told us so many things. They've told us they would have co-op. They've told us they would have split screen They've told us that uh, yeah. they would have ray tracing. The ten-year plan has been abandoned. Yeah, they've told so us there's that, a ten-year plan, that, yeah, and that's Chris and that's Chris Lee's, you know, legacy. That's basically his legacy gone now, and we're now in the Joe Staden era, and I, I couldn't be happier for that. Yeah, well, yeah, I think here, he here. free reign. The, let him do. You're here he for the Joe Staden era, absolutely. I am. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Look, I agree with that, and but they just need to communicate with us if that's what they're going to do. I understand it's new management. I understand how everyone feels. I don't feel that way, but I get it. Look, we'll move on. 
the next topic. But before we do, I will end this poll. And 82% of people think uh, that they would make more money if they were to release day and date on PC. And I 110% agree with the community. Uh, Jim, take it. Well, I voted no. (laughs) You were within the 17%. (laughs) Um, I'm the only one that counts. (laughs) <laughs> I, I think it will be uh, I, th- I, I really think we'll see it in 2025 if it's not Wolverine it's, it's a couple of years out and they're going to start going day and date PC once they see how much money these games as a service uh, are going to be making them once they're day and date on PC mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to shift um, their focus to PC but moving on speaking of uh, Sony again um, Horizon Zero uh, Dawn remaster remake of a remaster is in the works like, I don't even know what to say about this. I believe it. And that's a problem. <laughs> like, I actually believe this. Um, and yeah, I think it's, uh, it's interesting that when you hear a rumor like this at this point in uh, the way that Sony has been, is that it's just completely believable. If you had told me this in the PlayStation 4 era, I would have been like, nah, nah, <laughs> they're not doing that. It's ridiculous. Uh, it doesn't sound so ridiculous at the minute. Pete, do you think they're actually doing it? Uh, do you think they need it? Or do you think that this is uh, this is a waste of time and resources? Mm. Are they doing it? Yes, I believe they are doing it. Uh, I think where there's smoke, there's fire, and too many people have said that they are doing it. Do they need it? Definitely not. The game looks great. It's already got a PS5 patch that makes it run at 60. The graphics stand up today. It looks better than most games out there. I don't know what Sony are thinking reason why they were so incredibly successful in the PS4 generation is because they brought out these brand new IPs, which were just so great, like Horizon, like Ghost of Tsushima, uh, like the the revamp of uh, the reboot of God of War. This is what propelled them to uh, what what we see them being today, like why they have so much support within the community. These are fantastic games. Don't waste resources on a remaster that just doesn't need to be there. Uh, bring out a new IP or bring out a sequel to the game. You know, this is ridiculous, if you ask me. Yeah, look, it is ridiculous. Do you think, Umbra, that they're buying time? I kind of feel like uh, they might be doing these remasters because it shortens up development time. They're filling gaps. I don't think they have a lot of games coming um, next year. So they need to fill up these these gaps. Uh, so uh, they're all about optics, Sony, as well. So you got to remember, they want to shore up the gaps, uh, make it look like they've got a lot of first-party titles, but in fact, they're re-releasing the same first-party titles that they've already gotten. Um, Definitely a lot about optics, but it's also about them not having, like you said, they don't have anything to really put out there. You look at, the one of the things that was really a big complaint about Xbox was its roadmap and how we didn't know what, you had a very uncertain future as to Xbox. That was the previous thought, you know, during the Xbox One generation. Microsoft changed all that around, field and team. And now we see years in advance. And then some people complain about that. Oh, you showed it too soon. No, I don't think they did. I think they showed exactly what we needed to see because we had to have a rest or reinvigorated faith in them uh, for those who wavered and for those who even left after the 360 generation. Uh, I think Sony goes too much to the will when it comes to AAA games and it's been a detriment to them now. And now they're kind of on this, this, I guess, uh, path where they have to continue on in that way. Colt hit on it earlier where he pointed out that these games 
are not the biggest sellers for them overall. They make they sell well. Don't get me wrong, but they're mm-hmm. the biggest. The biggest things are third party and those games as a service games. That's why Sony is doing what they're doing now. That's why they acquired Bungie the way they did and are giving them the freedom that they're going to to give them and help that they help them in bringing those types of games into the into fruition. Most of them likely are going to fail. Uh, I will give Sony some credit, though. They know what they're doing when it comes to the games. The thing, though, is, uh, and that goes back to the whole PC thing, that's why they're going to be going, going day and date at some point. It just makes more sense that way. But, um, yeah, this is tiresome, this whole continued remaster thing. The game, like Pete pointed out, looks gorgeous. There's no need for a game that was, what, released five years ago to be remastered and sold again for 70 or whatever it's going to be still here um history what's it saying on uh what are you uh, streaming from he says he only says we can't he can't hear us so uh, i'm not sure okay. what's going on they, yeah, i'm gonna no tell him we are still we're still here hang on everything's green excellent condition it's just a youtube thing then yeah, it might just be a YouTube thing, man. Um, let me just switch. It's definitely a YouTube thing. It happened earlier with... Uh, How long did it do? It? Did it buffer like this? Uh, for them, they had to start it all over again, from what I saw. And they had, oh, jeez. Like, video, yeah. They're saying Jim Ryan took us down. Yeah, yeah I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a fun show, guys. You guys are doing a good job. Oh, you too, um, brother. Thank you. When we, oh, when we went to PAX, back. my wife and I went to PAX... We're back. We're back. We're back. Yep. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Umber, what were you saying? We were. I was talking about uh, the remastered thing, and you were saying, "Go ahead, go finish um, your." Yeah. Pick basically, it back up. basically, yeah. It just seems like like it, it's silly to see these these types of tweets. Like you said, uh, you have seventeen and eleven year old games. Yeah, that makes sense for those to be remastered or remade. Absolutely. But I saw some pointing out or complaining about uh, Resident Evil Four and saying, "Well, you all are praising that." Why aren't you praising this? And that's just a fanboy response. We all know it. Like, there is no need for a remaster, uh, at least a, a fully charged uh, or, you know, uh, profited, I suppose, uh, remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn at this point. It's already still, it's still gorgeous. The game looks like it could be, you know, almost like it could be current gen still. I, I don't see the need for that uh, personally, but I think Sony's over-reliance on remasters and getting those AAA games out has been a detriment to them. You know, they've gone away from having this this more diverse, uh, you know, set of IP as they used to have. I miss the Jacks, the Jack and Dexter. That's one of my favorite IP from Naughty from Naughty Dog. I miss the. I know many, at least like my cousins, miss the you know the Sly Fox, the Sly Cooper rather. So things like that. Uh, they miss out on. They're missing out on a lot of that where they had that during the PS3 era. So that's unfortunate. So I, I kind of hope that they can get back into that mind frame. And I, I think their fan base is going to have to be more uh, be more demanding of that type of thing. As it stands, a lot of them defend Sony at every turn, no matter what. And it's I think it's a detriment to themselves. You know what I really like this time, Umbra? Is that fan base is actually pushing back against this remaster. This is the, the most vocally... Uh, they've been vocal in their negativity of this remaster and look it's about time because if the fan base doesn't push back against this nonsense then they're going to continue doing these money grabs 
Um, and I think this has been a bridge too far for them this time. Like you said, the game still looks fantastic. It's already got a PS5 patch where it's running at 60. Um, so, look, I really don't think this needs to be done. Um, and I think the resources could be better spent spent elsewhere. Yeah, look, absolutely. There's plenty of IPs that they can kind of come back to. And again, guys, I'll, look, I'll super apologize for that buffering. Um, it is YouTube. Everything seemed to be fine on my end. Um, I did flick over to a different internet to get it, uh, see if that, that worked. Seems to have. Um, it happened at a time as the dog was running past my window with my boy's favorite toy. Um, so I had to bolt out and try and save the toy. Um, <laughs> so just bad timing. Um, but yeah, look, we are back, guys. Please hit the like button. Please share us out. Subscribe if you're new here. We go live 8 p.m. EST every Friday. Um, but there's plenty of IPs that, that Sony could bring, bring back. You guys uh, brought up quite a few of them. Um, and I would really like to see it a resistance. And that would make sense in the current climate, uh, you know, with ABK being being acquired, which we I think it's pretty safe to say that that deal is going to go through. Um, and, you know, if Call of Duty did go, uh, you know, exclusive, then I think that resistance would be a really great competitor, um, you know. So I, this this remaster, I would 110% agree. It's It's already got a 60 frames per second update on the PS5. It looks amazing as is. Um, and I don't see a need for it. And this I'll say as well, I actually wanted uh, what you guys are seeing on the screen, um, which is the last of us remake. I didn't agree with the price point, but I wanted it because I mean, look, it looks beautiful. Um, nothing else has really changed within the game, but the looks of it, it just looks amazing. And I really enjoyed playing through it. So I was fine with that. But I think if you're going to talk about uh, remastering games that are mid PS4, Jen, um, that's that that is a cash grab. Uh, Listen, I argued against you. Even you know me, I was adamantly against the whole The Last of Us Part One thing. I think that was unnecessary too. Got the game already had a remaster uh, for the PS4. I don't think it needed another iteration. It just made no sense outside of them grabbing more money and because of the show upcoming upcoming show. Rather, I just I still saw that even as unnecessary. Yeah, look, I, I don't think it wasn't a cash grab. Um, I, I definitely think it, it's a, it, look, it was to fill a gap too, man. You guys have got, you got to get, kind of understand at the moment, I'm definitely not a pony C, Steph, I, and I'm offended that you said that. Yeah, but um, they can fill that gap with other games. Though. Yeah, they have tons I, of IP they're not even using. Fill the gap with that. Yes, but when you think about, you got to think about development time, right? So, um, you know, this, this game, uh, we know, or I know people will push back on this. It took about two years for them to get The Last of Us remake out the door, right? That fills a gap for them where they have gaps. And look, from what we can see, sure, they've got 25 games in development. How far along are they? Um, and what gaps do they need to fill? They don't have the problem that Microsoft has next year. They have the opposite of what Microsoft has. Microsoft has an issue where they're going to have to be really careful about when and where they release games because they have so many, whereas Sony has one, two that we know of, one first party. Um, or two first party, isn't it? So look, that's a pretty sparse lineup when you put it up against Microsoft's lineup, where there's so many, it's almost, you can't count them. I would have to sit here and spend a bit of time counting. It's, it's going to be ridiculous next year if you're an Xbox. Yeah, but like, think about that though, Risk. If they would have put that time into bringing back and having Blue Point or whoever it is, bring back a lot of the other IP that they have that they're not even using, wouldn't that have made also the same sense? 
Like that, there, there's no reason they couldn't go back to some of those games that they're. No, not no, and I, anymore. I agree with you. I agree with you 100, percent dude. I really do. Um, I, I, but I think PlayStation are looking at it from a, you know, time versus investment versus profit. Um, st- pure standpoint. Like, I, well, we look cash, at it from the, a, the from a game to cash grab. Yeah, yeah, the quickest way to cash grab their way back into profit. I get it 100. percent Yeah, I, I think though, as a consumer, I'm not going to support that though because. Like you said, I'm looking at it, like you said, from a consumer standpoint, and you're not giving me what I want from you. I've played this game many times from the PS3 to the PS4. I didn't need this again from them. That's all I'm pointing out. Yeah, well, look, with The Last of Us, that's, you know, that's a, it's a loaded topic. We can go back and forth, and we have in the past. Um, but with Horizon, I'm 100% with you guys. It's not needed. Uh, I don't want it. I didn't even play the first one um, for more than three hours because it just bored me um so i definitely don't want another one um look we will move on to uh one of our final topics but if you are just joining us guys please hit that like button hit the subscribe button um share it out we have we had at one point about 100 people in um that is climbing back up we are back up and live um it seems to be running fine at the minute uh i'll move on to the next topic and CD Projekt Red released a pretty massive roadmap, um, which is very exciting to see, uh, where they where they announced five new Witcher games, which is out of control. Very ambitious, a very ambitious thing uh, to to go to, to to just out and out announce, especially with the release of uh, Cyberpunk. And they've also announced the Cyberpunk DLC, a new Cyberpunk game. And on top of that, they are doing, uh, they, they're they working on the next-gen patch right now. So that's pretty exciting. I did not finish The Witcher 3. Um, life got in the way. Um, but I, I've been waiting to go back to it with that next-gen patch. So I'm super excited. Um, so look, let me let me just tell you guys what they do have. They've got a, oh, oh also, also announced that they have a, a new IP that they're working on. And all of these games will be in Unreal 5. Um, and we were talking about this earlier in the week, Pete. Um, it seems like they've gotten their red engine you know, moved moved out and they've moved their Unreal Engine in and they've thought to themselves, we can really produce some games with this engine. Things will be a lot quicker here. Let's announce what we're planning on doing. Um, so you've got The Witcher, Cyrus, or Sirius, sorry, was it? We've got Canis Majoris. Um, and Sirius, yeah. Yep, then we have uh, Cyberpunk Orion, which is going to be the new game. You've got Project Hader, which is the, the new IP. Um, and there's some third parties also working on um, on some new games for, for CD Projekt Red as well. I believe the Canis Majoris is a third party title. I'm super excited. Love The Witcher. I've read the books. Uh, best one of my best friends is Polish. Um, he got me onto the books, and then the game released. And oh my god, that world is just crazy good. Exactly. It's really it's just one of the best games ever made. I will 110 hold to that. Um, and yeah, look, The Witcher Three is is a special game, and I think that that's probably why the cyberpunk debacle uh, landed so heavily as well. Because high, th- massive things were expected from CD Projekt Red. They were the darling of the industry, and and they really let everyone down. But uh, this this might be a return to form. Um, I know you're excited uh, about Witcher. Um, what did you think of their announcement? Supremely excited. That's an underselling, uh, really, because. I, I didn't expect them to really come out with such a crazy roadmap. I know they had, like I pointed out in a space we were all in the other day, that they had, that CD Projekt Red had been hacked, if I'm not mistaken, that there, a lot of their data had been stolen and such, and I think they were held hostage like as far as the data. So maybe this is them getting up front in front of it and saying, hey, 
this is what we have so nobody can leak this and ruin our you know excitement or whatever the case may be but for, to see such a ridiculously well plotted out decade long timeline and uh, of, of what they have planned for us is I didn't expect that uh, five Witcher games which you were right about I, I was a little confused on how they worded things so I thought they were just talking about the trilogy the main trilogy uh, but there are there are five games coming for The Witcher, uh, be it spinoffs of that series or whatever with the multiplayer part. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm incredibly excited about that. The multiplayer part, uh, Danny, Danny McGee on uh, Booms on the Xbox Factor, he pointed out, he said maybe they'll handle the multiplayer part kind of like Monster Hunter, where you can team up and take down these mythical creatures. And I thought that was just spectacular it makes the most perfect sense mm-hmm. if you're going to handle that way maybe they'll allow you to play as like Yennefer or something like that as the second player or some other witch uh that we don't know of at this point or do do my... oh, yeah <laughs> or, or do do it's gonna be crazy throughout the game but go ahead yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like i think going with this uh new series from what we can see with the um new house uh witcher house that they're using for the image the sphinx it seems to be that we'll have a new protagonist. And I don't know if it'll be the case that we get the creative player or not. Uh, I would be 100% for it. But, what would um, you prefer, Umbra? Uh, a, a creative character like Geralt? Or would you prefer to make your own character? It's kind of tough. Because if it's, pre- per- like if it's pre-made, they'll probably have better you know, voice acting for that character and so on and so forth. But... Maybe it'll be that the case that we can create and they'll still just fit that into place. I don't know. But I, I, I think with games like that, I think it it fits the mold better to be able to create. So I think if we had a creative mode, I think it would give that game much more longevity, personally. If you especially yeah, if they I put disagree. in genders. You don't especially think so after like, how well they wrote create? Geralt. Yeah, I just think that we should have a predetermined character. I think that you can write a better story that way, um, and you can flesh out your character more that way i do get that but I, like i look at mass effect for instance right you don't you create that shepherd so that's the way i look at this you you create shepherd be they a woman or a man and you give them their background or whatever it is and that that didn't hinder anything you see what i'm saying you don't do that anymore yeah it's either so create that, your own character or you play as a character they gave you mm-hmm. and i think if they go to mass effect route pete i think that would alleviate what you're talking about yeah i'm with i'm I'm with pete on this one and and yeah i'm going to push back against that i i did the world if if you've read the uh yeah definitely record that does that very often um if you've read the books or you spent a bit of time in that witcher world they they have all these really really um rich characters within the world that could be put to use and i think it would be a waste to not take those characters uh from the books and from the lore and place them within the world for you to spend time with. Um, and for those that haven't read the books and those that haven't spent time in the world, um, I think that that would just be more of a boon because you're bringing people to that law. Um, and we yeah, all know. Those I are different ask, characters. I want to ask we're talking about side characters, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the main protagonist. You don't know any other main protagonists outside of Geralt. Think, I think what they're doing here is they're giving, mm. uh, they're creating an, a whole new protagonist altogether. That's my personal thought. Yeah, but if no, they, if, it, no, if you we're do. not using Siri, for instance, then yeah. they're going to give us a whole new character that is not in that lore. And we'll still have these other characters we can interact with. So That's look, if you've read the book, Sumbra, when you say main characters, is Geralt really is the, the front and center character. 
Um, but he he wrote uh, the the original book was a few short stories put together. Um, and Geralt was was featured in most of them, but not all of them. Um, and he wasn't the main character in all of them either. Um, so he's really yeah. But this game likely comes after these. If this comes after, you're not going to have some super old Witcher from that tales the tales you're talking about. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is likely going to be a new character because this is a new house that they're showing. More than likely, it's going to be something in the future, not the past. So no, it, it has to be. It has to be in the past. Um, it, I don't think it will be. Well, it has I, to be. I personally don't think it. I don't think so. Well, all the houses are dead, so they they're all yeah, dead. That's, the that's only... why they'll. That's why I think they'll have a new house. You see what I mean? If those houses are dead, it makes more sense that a new house is created. Mm, okay. Okay. It's like a prequel. Like, yeah, I, I think it it's going to be. It could be a prequel. I don't think it will be, but it could be a prequel. I think, I think we should bet another $70 game on this, um, 110%. But look, I want to go to Colt and get Colt's thoughts on what he thought about uh, CD Projekt Red, Red's roadmap uh, and The Witcher 3 uh, and all the new five Witcher games coming and Cyberpunk. We haven't even touched on Pete Cyberpunk. Pete had a question for him, by the way. Pete had a question for him. I think yeah, I was. wanted to ask him a question. Has this ever been done before where a studio has projected a roadmap so far out because I can't remember anything Mm-mm. of the sort? No, that's kind of like that. That's perfect that you asked me because that's my first reaction to this. Like, really, you, you, <laughs> you, you couldn't. Uh, I like CD Projekt Red and I love Cyberpunk, but you're really over deliver. You're over promising for delivery here with several games and uh, a new Cyberpunk. When people are like, you've barely got the hopefully what we expected from Cyberpunk at launch. And you're you're already ready to do a sequel, and you're going to do all these Witcher games, and I think r- their message is loud and clear that we messed up. We are going to work our butts off to create the content you have fallen in love with from CD Projekt Red in the Witcher series, and we're going to give you now that we know what we're doing with Cyberpunk, we're going to give you the Cyberpunk experience you expected in the 2020s, right? So that's my reaction. Like, wow, you're really asking a lot. Um, and you're exp- giving us a lot to wait for. So when I saw the announcements, I didn't even really read into them because I'm like, there's there's a lot there to eat that's going to take a long time to come out. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you're working on stuff, and uh, we'll hear about it in, in years and years or whatever it's going to take. So yeah. I am rooting for them because they are one of the best consumer-friendly studios and platforms for gaming, and... um they deserve to pick themselves back up off the ground and kick some butt. Yeah, absolutely. I, I and I'll say this about the cyberpunk. Um, I kind of wanted to add that I I didn't like cyberpunk. I didn't like the way it was set up. Um, I didn't like the overpromising and the the ridiculous under delivering. And I'm not talking about bugs. Remove bugs from the conversation. Every game has bugs. Some of them were, were just yes diabolical. But but what we were promised um was a was a a genre defining uh, new generation game, um, a step above. And, you know, when, when you look at the NPCs from uh, GTA Five and NPCs uh, and what they do and how they react, and, and you know, even the police law enforcement in that, how that reacts. Uh, Cyberpunk's not even close to a patch. I mean, that's like a PlayStation Two type game when it comes to their NPCs. And what I want to see them do is really flesh that out. But what I also really want to see them do is go back to third person. Um, I think that Pete, you say that that was initially the plan, um, yes. but but they and went away from it. Fundamental flaw with Cyberpunk. Yeah, I believe what happened, and if the rumors are correct, is when they brought in Keanu Reeves, 
Uh, so Johnny Silverhand was only meant to be a smaller character. And what they had done is they had pretty much done most of the motion capture for the entire story. And then Keanu Reeves signed on to the project. So what they did is they scrapped most of the story and made him one of the most, one of the, you know, the main characters in the game and therefore didn't want to do the entire motion capture again. And that's why they had to go first person. Um, and they just basically lied to us by saying that it's going to make it feel more immersive and things like that. Wow. And, and I don't understand why, like you have a character creator and you can, you know, make your character look so cool. Like you really can. The character creator in that game is absolutely fantastic. And then you don't even ever see him except for when you're looking in a mirror uh, and it's just such a waste. It really, really is. But in saying that, I still really, really enjoyed Cyberpunk. I think that I played it. I waited. I got it. It's one of the first games I played on my Series X. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. And I would recommend anyone that hasn't given it a go to try it out. Because it's not The Witcher 3. But because they made The Witcher 3, their game was put... People expected another Witcher. The Witcher was the game of the generation. It's my favorite game of all time. And it's very, very hard to hit lightning twice. But in saying that, it took them three games to get The Witcher up to where it was in The Witcher 3. And Cyberpunk is well on the way to becoming one of the best IPs in this industry, I think. Yeah, very. Yeah, I I, I do agree with that, even though I, I was extremely disappointed with the. Uh... The Witcher, and, uh, sorry, uh, with Cyberpunk, and um, it just wasn't for me. Um, but uh, look, we've had an absolutely fantastic show. Um, I just uh, we're going to head to our to our outros. Um, Colt Eastwood, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, super excited to to have had you on and, and got to chop it up with you. Um, and uh, we, we really appreciate all of us. Really appreciate you being here. Um, please look, let the people know where they can find you, uh, what you'd be up to and what you'd be playing in the next uh, week or so. Yeah, you can find me at Colt Eastwood, all one word on Twitter and YouTube. And um, I don't know, I'll be playing through Deathloop and Grounded. Rand is desperately trying to rush me toward the end, but my kids and I have 400 hours in the game. And I told him, I said, look, I'm not finishing the game without them. So you're going to have to wait until I finish. Um, yeah, it's just, I'm having so much fun. Don't let people get you down there. There's people out there that are having a hard time with the platform and, um, make sure that you're enjoying everything. Cause that, you know, it's their job to make you feel as miserable as they are sometimes. And so, you know, sometimes I say, be nice, but I don't always mean it. You know, get out there and smack some heads around. You deserve it. <laughs> uh, I absolutely always do. Uh, and any, every opportunity that I can, you know, Pete, another fantastic show, mate. Thank you very much for coming on every week, giving us your takes, even though most of the time they are wrong. Um, but I appreciate you. Um, let the people know where they can find you, what you're up to and where you'll be playing the next week. You know how I know my takes are right? Because they're always the opposite of yours. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> absolutely fantastic show. I can't thank you enough, Colt, for coming on. Really, just I mean, I love talking gaming with you in party chats, and you know, this was just a party chat that was broadcast to you know a hundred people. So that's the way I see it. And the chat, wow. I mean, there was a lot of new names today, but there was also a lot of people that have been supporting us here for a long time. So if you are new, please hit the like and subscribe button. We do this every week, guys, and you guys power the show. We wouldn't be doing it without you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jedi Knight Peter or on Xbox at Jedi Knight Peter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can head down to uh, the description and find the socials down there and, uh, and click on any one of those and you'll be able to find the boys or our guest, Umbra. Another fantastic week, mate. Appreciate you coming on every week and, uh, and giving us your takes to let people know where they can find you, what you'll be up to, what you'll be playing in the next week. Yeah, uh, man, you guys, of course, you can find me on uh, Twitter under Umbra Infinite or Infinite Umbra. You'll find me either way. Uh, and, of course, uh, you'll find me here on Fridays at 8 o'clock Eastern and on Tuesdays on Boom's podcast, Xbox Factor, at 12 Eastern. So please come by and uh, give us a listen. I want to thank Colt. Thank you, brother, for coming through and gracing us. Man, you brought so much great energy. I felt invigorated hearing you. You know that that maybe I need to start drinking some Mountain Dew too. I don't know. Well, that's uh, good yeah. for you. I see. Yeah, it's healthy. But uh, yeah, pre we appreciate it. Trust we really do. Uh, we've had some really great guests. We've been blessed with that. So we'll add you to that list of that. We really appreciate you coming through and Risk and Jedi man. Thank you guys are always bringing your, your great takes uh, and. Even though we not, might not always agree, I think you guys always are well-reasoned and logical, which I always appreciate from you, brothers. And uh, get, thank you, everybody in the chat, for coming through and supporting us, too. Absolutely. I'll, I'll add to that. I, I love to have a good debate with people. Uh, so if you know me, you know that's true. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing. There's no uh, malice or upset or anything. like. I like to go back and forth because that's how discourse is, is how you learn. I think you learn things. And, uh, you know, Absolutely. when we disagree, as long as you're willing and you're open to accept other people's opinion, you can learn something and grow yourself as a person. And, chat, you guys have been absolutely amazing. Um, I've loved every minute of it. Um, I have been fiddling around the back here trying to keep the show running because I am having issues. I don't know what's going on here, but I'll sort it out after the show. Um, but you guys power the show. And every week, you know, for the new people that have come in, really appreciate you hit the subscribe button. And for you guys that have been supporting us from day one, we really appreciate you, every single one of you. And we will see you out there in the community. Thank you very much for coming to see the show. And we'll see you next week. Peace. See you guys. Yeah.